0: Hello to our listeners and welcome to TNT ESQ along with my co-host Teresa Quinlan I'm Rhys Thomas we make up TNT for those of you who don't know TNT is our initials simple right Uh, we're here to explode the status quo this series is all about talking with people who are helping us to think differently so we can start doing differently
1: But self-care to me is all about EQ. Are we okay right now in this moment? Are we okay to na- take the next step?
2: Today's guests are not a duo by standard definition. In fact, we're here together as a group of four to expand on an interaction via a LinkedIn post, and it became so dynamic that we needed to sit down and have this conversation. So Elise Kraft is a high performance coach for entrepreneurs. And she's joining us from Long Beach, California. And Ray Hildebrand is a CRO at Solver Solutions from Dallas, Fort Worth, Texas. And Reese is in the UK and I'm in Canada. So we're expanding the globe today. Welcome to you both. We're very excited to have you. We're very excited to have this conversation.
1: Good to be with everyone.
3: So happy to be here.
2: Here's the LinkedIn post, which is going to be our, our kickoff point, which was inspired by Ray. So initially, Ray had reached out to me and said, I'd like to hear more about self-care and self-soothing. I'm like, all right, I put up something around self-care and self-soothing. Why is it that one will choose self-soothing over self-care was one of the questions that came up. And then Elise responded with, this is my jam. Deeply interested in moving clients and myself through discomfort. I've been witness to so much of it, working so closely with people. There are two key ingredients I can see that have emerged thus far that have been game changers. Love that word. We pay attention when someone says game changer. Both have not been largely popular to do because they require a higher level of emotional intelligence. So the first nugget of a game changer is the ability to stay. And the second is emotional management. And so this is where we begin our conversation today. That Mm -hmm. distinction between self-soothing, self-care, the ability for us to stay in an emotional state so that we can move forward with emotional management and regulation. Mm -hmm. So expand for us a little bit, Elise, on this concept around the ability to stay.
3: Thank you. It's, it is powerful because I feel that when we can stay in the discomfort of whatever it is, um, an uncomfortable conversation, an uncomfortable emotion, um, whatever that is, that's when the unfolding happening, that's where the growth is that's where the opportunity is. And where the self-soothing, I think, often happens is running from the feeling and wanting it to end as quickly as possible something that I think can be very relatable is something happens and then we want to distract ourselves. Maybe it's, let me start scrolling on my phone. Let me put something in my mouth. Let me shop. Let me spend. Let me do something to distract myself. Let me turn on the TV and maybe watch sports or gamble or engage in something with somebody else instead of feel this feeling, this discomfort. And sometimes this discomfort goes to anxiety or depression or something clinical, or it's just something that you just don't want to deal with. You just don't want to be with, like you go to, you know, feeling very catastrophic. And if you can stay in that discomfort long enough to unpack it, oftentimes realize like, you know, hang on a second. I actually have survived every single thing that has happened to me and calm yourself you actually build a lot of confidence and resilience and get stronger, I think, emotionally. You learn that capacity to go, oh, I know I can get through this because I've done yeah. similar things before, so I feel optimistic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's the, but when you start with the ability to actually stay and not distract and not go somewhere else in your mind or actually in your behavior and act out and go do something else, but it's that staying... That literally being able to discipline yourself to stay is, I find, to be very key. And in sessions with clients to say, can we pause here? To get people to pause? Nobody
2: wants to pause. No, let me just keep moving. If I keep moving, it can't catch me. Turns out it just stays with you anyways. It's just going to show up maybe not tomorrow, but it will show up again. Keep knocking at your door. It's the pebble, the brick, the boulder. Yeah.
0: Another mm-hmm. example of distraction It's just another opportunity for you to not deal with what's in front of you. If you just keep moving, you just keep processing, or maybe processing is the wrong word. You're just avoiding. And like in an EQ, perhaps we talk about flexibility. You stay. Flexibility is an opportunity for you to sit with the issue and actually rather than running away from it, run towards it and as you said earlier you connected the two to the growth uh, and also the stay and when you put those two together you you kind of move forward whereas yeah. it's much easier to run in the other opposite direction
3: very much so yeah i mean i've i i think it's something that everybody can relate to mm-hmm. and it you know it's just something that's so identifiable that it's like yep i've done it we, yeah. We've all
1: done it. We, we run for it. And now I think sometimes when we don't understand ourselves and we pause, we're most vulnerable because then we have to really understand what's going inside of us. And it's the three things, right? We fight, we flee, or we friend. That's how we're built. That's our DNA. And even though Teresa and I are runners or I'm a rower and, and Elise, I, I, I'm not sure what what your athletic or what your escape is, right? What you run to for self comforting. But in a run, even though you've been doing that or on a trial hike or whatever, trail hike, um, you start out in your body's like, what, on your minds, what are we doing? Why, I, I, we, were, we just came out of bed. Or we just came out of the, the we were comfortable. What are we doing? And so you, you, you have to be in that moment. And I think the beauty of this and the beauty of what's occurring is that we so want to make the story have an end, and we rush, and we, we wanna see something there. And that's where fear lives, that's where ego lives. It wants to build a story that has an end, that it has control, that we don't. There's very few times where you have to focus, dial in, and be completely still. It's the rest of the walk on the course that gets to you, that starts to eat at you, that starts to fuel you. And we're always trying to rush to something that gives us an end instead of just pausing. So I love that. I love pausing. I love being still, but that's because I have friends like you that allows me to have that confidence to be in that moment and be still. Yeah.
2: The damaging impacts of anticipation compared to the ability to stay present, regardless of what we're doing. If we refer to just emotional presence the anticipation of a logical or a rational thought process of, it, if I stay here, it's going to get worse. The anticipation of worse forces us into choices around self-soothing, whether we're yeah. av- doing things in avoidance of its nature or doing things to move things a lot faster, probably mostly avoidant, it's self-soothing or what we think is calming and restorative in the moment, but turns out to have long-term detrimental impacts uh, compared to a, what feels like a short-term gain. Yeah. But those damaging effects of anticipating things will get worse. For those of us who are practicing this capacity of stillness and staying and acknowledging emotions, a couple of things I recognize have been incredibly helpful through my own personal journey, and I'd love to hear yours. Number one is throwing out the labeling of emotions. This is a good one. This is a bad one. As soon as I was capable of throwing it out, staying in them became so much easier because the labeling is what drove me away from some or towards others. And then the other thing that really helped was it's the same sort of practice I use when helping people to move through procrastination. Just give it two minutes. If you give something two minutes, you very quickly realize it wasn't as bad as you anticipated it was going to be because two minutes passes and you're like, oh, is this it? Yeah, this is it. Oh, this wasn't as hard as I thought. And you find the rhythm and you find the flow and you give yourself the moment to sort of get out of the irrational thinking because now you have proof that what you irrationally thought was not actually true. Mm -hmm. Elise, what yeah. are some of the practices yeah. you've noticed have been helpful to get you more grounded to stay? Yeah.
3: So, so something similar to that, you know, set, setting a timer and literally being in that feeling for that for a period of time, right? So like, go, go nuts for this period of time. And when that timer's up, like be done, right? Mm-hmm. Oftentimes, you can't even do it for that long. You're like, really? I'm done. Right. <laughs> But what happens is, is that when you try to force yourself to not be, it, you, you're, you're like forcing something, right? You're forcing yourself to, to get over something like, oh, I don't want to feel this way anymore. It's like, no, actually just stay in that emotion for a while. It's like, no, I don't want to, no, I, don't, I don't want to, right? The other thing that's been really powerful is to actually document every single thing that you've survived. Like literally take, make a timeline of every single thing that you have been through. Um, People are usually blown away when they do this because they're like, oh my God, I, you know, this, somebody passed away. I've been through a divorce, a bankruptcy, a this, a that. And they're like, oh my God, I'm like, I'm really strong and I'm really resilient. I've been through a ton. I got this. Mm -hmm. So we forget what we've been through because once we're through it, two seconds after we're on the other side, it's like, oh, that? Oh, yeah, that. It's like, oh, yeah, that, the thing that took you to your knees? (laughs) Oh, suddenly you don't even remember that, right? (laughs) So really remembering all the things that you've actually gone through that you didn't think you were going to get up from. Remember that and then read it every morning. Mm. And really kind of tapping back into just how powerful you really are. And then another thing that that's really powerful, especially when people are going through, this is really specifically for when people are really going through challenges, like in a really difficult time is to specifically do something for somebody else every single day. Yeah. Oxytocin it up.
0: Yeah. Attitude.
3: Yes. Yeah. Get outside yourself. Mm-hmm. Reese, it's a how trap. about? You?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So two things. Um, often we make something much worse by internalizing it, containing it, and not giving it the release it needs. Whether that's on your own, whether it's with a coach, whether it's um, with a friend or your loved ones, you or even just writing it down on a piece of paper. You know, the simple act of getting it out of your head and into the real world yeah. has a diluting effect that makes you suddenly no longer gripped by the anxiety, no longer gripped by the fear, no longer obsessing over this thing. It allows you to do what you said at least and uh, be self-aware and reflect back all the things that you've already done. Because you often just become completely engrossed in this one, one aspect. And it becomes all-encompassing and it just builds and it builds and it builds and you just need a release you know like a pressure in a cooker or a kettle or something you need that um steam to be released um <clears throat> the second thing is something that i've learned from our, some of our friends um from the mindfulness thing is uh impermanence the you might think about the, the dilemma the problem you're going through and you start forward thinking, you think about the, you know, your ego maybe drives you into that future self and you think, Oh, that's where fear lives. That's where uncertainty. And you start telling yourself stories, you know, in emotional intelligence, we might describe it as reality testing. The the reality test is to, like I said, in the first point, get it out of your head and into, into the, you know, a, a conversation. Um, Inviting someone else into that internal space helps open all the doors. Helps it, they bring their own. Maybe they don't even have to say anything. Maybe they just listen. Maybe they just ask you a question. Maybe they're just there to let you unburden yourself. But the impermanent bit about it is the fact that in the in the worst scripts of it, when you're all alone, when you're feeling in that dark place, and you think that this is not going to end, how how am I going to get over this? You know, when we're really really go into the to the top level here remind yourself that everything changes everything passes just like what we're experiencing at the moment it's life-changing it's affecting everybody across the globe but it will pass yes there will be consequences but there will also be benefits and it's an opportunity for us to um, help help co-create what those new opportunities are going to look like so about the impermanence of it as soon as you're find yourself stuck you know it's it's a stuck feeling isn't it you you, you get obsessed by it you get you feel like there's no way out so we either talk to someone write it down on paper release it from inside get it outside and then remind yourself about the impermanence
2: yeah Mm. Ray? ray
0: ray dog completely agreed
1: Um, again, when we're going into a performance, we've got 10 yards, which is our door or our window approaching the moment. And we've got 10 yards after, after we've know what the reality is. Right. But we've gone through our yardage book. We've done our due diligence. We've done our process. We have it, we know what and how we're built and what we can accomplish and what we should take on and what we shouldn't take on because there's risk there as we pull off that diligence. In software, they refer to it as emulation and simulation. right? You want to emulate your environment, then you want to simulate the environment. Where, where, Where is the risk? We do that mentally, too. We do that mentally. And that's how we get in this really awkward place of self-care and self-soothing, is because mm. we are in that awkward space. Um, but I love, Reese, how you said we get... You got to get it out there in the ether. Guys, get it out there in the ether. And whether that is writing it down or spending some time with with a trust. And you were talking about trust. You were talking just fellowship. Just fellowship. Trust and fellowship. That's an intimate place to be. And that is also a vulnerable place for us to allow others to be in with us. Those eight inches between our ears, right? That's tough, man. Beautiful stuff, guys.
2: Eight inches between our ears. That's amazing. Reese, what came to me as well, when you're talking about like the caged emotion, if we can even just visualize for our audience a cage or a box, we put an emotion in it and allow it to run, it will stay, it will fill that cage. It has nowhere to go. And so the pressure on the walls of that cage are really quite intense. If we free an emotion it will dissipate. And the freedom of the emotional expression piece is when you stay with it using any one of these (laughs) brilliant golden nuggets that have been shared in the last five minutes. That dissipation allows resolution because once an emotion dissipates, our logical brain (laughs) re-engages. And then we get to do things like problem solving. And creative solution finding and looking objectively at what really was going on and test that back to our emotional reaction and managing our impulses to leap to something that perhaps we don't want to be leaping to like a self-soothing option compared to a self-care option. Yeah. So Ray, when you think of self-care, what comes to mind for you?
1: For me, it's anything that gives me an opportunity to reach a higher level. That's that's self-care. Self-soothing is that limit that you were talking about with with the wall or the cage. That keeps me in the space. Whether I acknowledge it or have the ability, it keeps me in. I can't get out. I can't attack it. Self-care gives me the ability to get out and attack it, right? We, we tease a lot about Plato's cave and I bring it up a lot, but it, 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 can you, can you get out? Can you get out? Or are you always going to be a prisoner of things that are reflected in front of you? And that's how you see yourself and your opportunity and, and, and your worthiness, or can you get out? And then when you are out as you guys are out, can you go back and get somebody else and pull them out and show Mm -hmm. them that it is okay to be here. And that's an intimate place to to be as well. So Mm -hmm. uh, when I talk about self-care or when I think about self-care, I think about things that will allow us to exponentially get to a higher place, a purpose Mm
3: -hmm.
1: or fellowship or friendship or whatever. What self-soothing are things that are restricting that ability to get out.
2: Do you have some favorite self-care practices?
1: <sighs> for well, for <laughs> I like to get in my head as much as I can, because okay. that allows me to get out of my head as much mm-hmm. as I can. Um, if if it, we've shared that, I love to row, right? I love to row. That that's a place where I'm only by myself. I'm still. I'm in a pause. So that I have all of these things, all of these resources, these beautiful three resources of humanity in front of me that allow me to what, get the frick out of the cave mm-hmm. and come back in and attack it aggressively, mm-hmm. assertively, with confidence, with love, with empathy, with kindness, with grace, all these things. That's, that's, that's DNA of how we're built. So when I talk about, for me, uh, getting inside my head or being in whatever that is exercise or Mm -hmm. going out and having a practice session or walking or just thinking right blue ocean stuff.
2: Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Thanks. Those are great ones, right? Practical Mm. things people can start doing today. If they're not already doing it. Elise, I want to move us towards like the emotional management, the emotional regulation. I want to be able to pitch this to you. Um, With the analogy of a roller coaster. So I don't know if any of you have been on a roller coaster lately, but I was last summer and I nearly lost my marbles. (laughs) First of all, when you get older, roller coasters are not the same. I have to take gravel just to manage and gravel puts me to sleep. So basically I'm roller coaster riding, slightly high, slightly awake, <laughs> slightly asleep. <laughs> it's pretty amazing. Anyone out there who struggles <laughs> with roller coasters, half a gravel does the trick. <laughs> but something that I recognize when I was, you know, thinking about emotional regulation. And that is all about managing an emotional state so that our logical brain can stay turned on so we can do these really practical things that move ourselves forward. Is if we think about it, a roller coaster has its two worst experiences right at the beginning. You get the initial climb and uh, then you get the initial joy of coming down that other side at breakneck speed. And this is potentially where we can fly off the rails. But what does that roller coaster do? It turns us over on our heads and sends us into like a 360 roll barrel, whatever, like ridiculousness. And we might be screaming at the top of our lungs. And not 30 seconds later, we, we hit another sort of like light bump in the roller coaster. And we're thinking, well, well, that was anticlimactic. I was expecting something much worse. And this roller coaster soothes us into. The ending within which we arrive with sort of a, ah, well, what was I so worried about? That wasn't so bad.
3: <laughs> it's kind of light, like life, right? Almost. In a, a little, little bit. In a
2: yeah. So when it comes to sort of emotional management, <laughs> emotional regulation, you know, what are some of your thoughts related to, hang on people, it's going to get worse before it gets better?
3: Yeah. Well, I think, you know, I I don't know if we can always be growing. And I don't think that we can always be soothing. I don't think we can always be in any state. I think that there's peaks and valleys to life, right? And, you know, I I don't think we can always be self-caring. And, you know, like, think that there's Ebbs and flows to everything, you know, and just looking at my own behavior over the last couple of weeks, right? There were times where I was self-soothing, and then I said, Okay, all right. Now let's get into self-caring. And let's get because when I, I notice for myself, and I think other people can probably look at their own behavior, when I'm self-soothing, I'm not creating. And when I'm mm-hmm. self-caring, I'm in a, I'm in a higher state of productivity. I can move to a higher state of productivity. When I'm, when I, when I go to lay down and take a nap because it feels too much. Everything just feels too much. I'm overwhelmed. I'm shutting down. I'm like, I I, I got to check out, I got to tap out. I got, I got to go lay down, right? So that's, I'm I'm, 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 you know? And then when I start to do things to move myself to that next, level, right? I'm really pushing myself. I'm, the adrenaline's coming back. I'm doing, I'm on that roller coaster. It's, mm-hmm. right? And it's all there. And I, from there I can create, right? I, I'm, I'm coming back. I'm coming back to myself, but I can't stay there all the time. I couldn't possibly maintain that all the time. It's just not even... Humanly possible, I, for me anyway, I could not maintain that high level of pro, even as a high performance coach, I couldn't be at that all the time. I've got to bring it down and I've got to, you know, sort of take a breath. So, moving in and out of these stages is, you know, sort of that um, harmony. I don't even like to think of the word "balance" really anymore. When I, see a, when I think of balance, it sort of like takes, you know, like it's sort yeah. of like turning the, the uh, volumes up and down and up and down and up and down, and just finding this balance in life of, "What do I need now? What do I need now?" Just coming back to, "What is it that I need now?" I find for myself, when I am having a good time. Whether that is, and I've been doing this almost every day now, a dance party in my kitchen because I'm laughing and I'm having a good time. And as ridiculous as that may seem, when I'm having a dance party to I Will Survive by Gloria Gaynor, I am having a good time. And for those two and a half minutes, my adrenaline is up. I'm laughing. I look ridiculous, but who cares? And then I go back and I sit down and you know what happens? I'm more creative. I'm more productive. I can't sit all damn day long. It's not mm-hmm. healthy, mm-hmm. and I, I more just better things come out, right? So I know that my brain is functioning better when I do that little dance party, right? So it's sort of that roller coaster through my day. Beautiful. That's, that's that, that's, that's how I kind of flow through my day. And it is a roller coaster.
2: You mentioned a couple of things that I think are like incredible to highlight. One is healthy detachment. And so there's a necessity and you called it finding harmony, but you also said something related to 100% self care and self soothing, I don't think is possible. And that's healthy detachment is an amazing strategy to use to separate yourself momentarily. It becomes problematic if you don't return to the problem. <laughs> if you consistently health, if you consistently detach, it's no longer healthy. But there are moments where we recognize I can't. And that's really good recognition is knowing I can't right now. And so I'm gonna go take a nap, I'm gonna take a walk, I'm gonna healthy detach, I'm gonna I'm gonna actually self-soothe, I'm gonna eat this bowl of ice cream, and I'm gonna love every second of it. And when it's done, I will come back to thinking about the problem. And then I will solve the problem, right? So I love this sort of description that you offer, harmony as opposed to balance. Balance might mean equal. And right now we're not talking about equal, about finding your rhythm, finding the harmony that works best for you. So that, you know, hopefully it's two steps forward when you have to take one step back, it'll be two steps forward. When you have to take one step back, it'll be three steps forward, as opposed to, I took two steps forward and then I took 18 steps back.
3: <laughs> right, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Reese. So for me, you were talking about the difference. I know you, you asked different questions, but for me, when it comes to self-soothing and, and self-care, I said before self-soothing is the easy option you know it's the band-aid it's the temporary fix whereas the difference for me is between prevention and cure so when I'm self-caring I'm working on the prevention I'm working on yeah I acknowledge this is a problem this is what's happening that now can I fix it right now maybe maybe not can I do something that will help me not fall into this same problem again next week tomorrow in an hour yes so this is the prevention bit whereas the self-soothing Um, cure band-aid bit is the distraction bit so now just one first thing I want to say so in terms of the roller coaster emotion um, yeah you're right I mean we'd often talk about balance we often talk about you know I use the word equilibrium Um, but you're right the the natural vibrations that we have the the rhythm in our life is being able to harmonize with that and so knowing when you're up and when you're down and not trying to fight it and going with the flow as you said is vital in, in, in managing those emotions. So, as Teresa said, there's no such thing as a good emotion, a bad emotion. There's no point um, focusing too much on what's the negative or positive outcome of this. It's just simply, it is, is this. It's sitting with that. It's being on that roller coaster, smiling when you're going up, smiling when you're going down, smiling when you're vomiting off the side, Smiling when you (laughs) come back to the start and you're like, yeah, let's go again. I really like that. Yeah, (laughs) I can cope with it now. I've got this uh, resilience. I've got these coping mechanisms. And um, yeah, you face your fear and you realize that it was no, there was no fear at all. You're safe. You know, you've got this, you've got yourself, you've got those those harnesses on, whether it's metaphorical metaphorical or physical, you, uh, yeah, you'll be good. You'll be all right. Whether you're, um, Teeing up to go onto the green from into the, out of the bunker or uh, a beautiful drive that's gone straight down the middle and everyone's going, whoa, what's this guy doing? What, what's happened to him since the last hold? All about your mindset, like you said at the start, you know, having that positive um, attitude, having that realisation and self-awareness. So, you know, we're throwing lots of themes together here uh, around emotional management for lots of things that, you know, you talked about flexing that uh, EQ muscle at the start. And absolutely, and there are lots of bits, that, lots of different components within that muscle. But also remember, your body is made up of lots of different muscles. So don't just focus on one. Um, be aware of all the other, other components that make up that full picture. Mm-hmm. What about you, Teresa? Yeah,
2: yeah. Well, I mean...
0: Can I just say your, your example about Gravlax, or whatever you, whatever you called it, going into the road coaster, Gravel, sorry, on oh, gravel. Yeah. We made you sick. <laughs> uh, gravel. I was like, mm, is that self-soothing? Should you really be doing yeah, that? <laughs>
2: it's totally self-soothing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's, it's. it's antici- I'm anticipating my stomach being upset, and so I'm <laughs> proactively taking something that helps me to stop from throwing up. But it also does this beautiful thing of what numbing me to the fear of riding a roller coaster so it is absolutely a self-soothing mechanism as well so i can participate in something that i would otherwise not want to participate in putting my life on the line on a roller coaster so yeah it's definitely self-soothing definitely helps me to regulate my emotional um, or emotional experience at the time so i'd love to bring us home with a hashtag, not anymore, surrounding, this too shall pass. So early on, Elise brought forward the acknowledgement that it's really important for us to recognize that it's not going to last forever. And when we stay with something, it will pass. And Reese brought it up again. This is why I want to use this as our hashtag, not anymore. Reese brought it up as the impermanence of emotions. They don't stay at the intensity they're at and they don't last forever. And they may even shift along the roller coaster ride. You could start with utter terror, which turns into excitement, which turns into sort of confusion, which turns into who knows what else after that. Mm -hmm. So for our listeners that have been so gracious to spend the last 35 minutes with us, I'd love for each of us to sort of provide for them if you were going to give them you know what's one thing, what's one thing you could offer them that they can start doing differently today so they can start moving towards this path of be okay with your emotions, be a rock star with managing them well, it's going to be all right. Ray, you want to kick us off uh,
1: I, I don't know if this is on topic or not, but um you know, the one thing that settles me down in this roller coaster, the one thing that, that enables me to get in my head is uh, I usually have three or four images, right? Because I, I, I visualize things, right? Mm. Um, but one image has been strong in my family uh, and in my life. Um, and it's, it's, um, it's Christ in the boat surrounded by the disciples and there's a storm all around them and they are freaking out and christ is napping he's asleep and so they wake him up right and he's he's a little irritated because he needs to get some rest but who's in the boat guys who's in the boat who's in the boat with you how are you centered whatever or however you choose to center yourself in this storm understand intimately who's in the boat. And for me, I know who it is. So that gives me an opportunity to go out and face things. Um, And I hope that wasn't off-putting or off-topic.
3: No, that was fantastic. Thank you, yeah, Elise. Yes. So, um, this actually is off of a little bit off of something that Ray said earlier, but it has helped me when we were off offline, but this has helped me huge in my life. I hope this helps somebody in the audience. Um, I had a panic, terrible panic attack on an airplane in, uh, the early nineties. And this helped me huge. I heard it on an Oprah show and it is to, um, to get very present with your breath and to ask yourself, in this moment, is everything fine? In this moment, is everything fine? In this moment, is everything fine? And bring yourself back to the stillness and the, in, in, in the, in, into your breath and into your heartbeat. Connect your heartbeat and your breath into this moment if everything is fine because we are so far into the future of what's going to happen tomorrow and next week and next month, and next year. And when you come right back into what we have, which is in this, this moment, everything's fine. We're here, we're talking, we're on this, having this great conversation and everything is absolutely fantastic. It's not just fine. It's fantastic. I mean, it's really incredible. So when you can come back to this moment, it, you realize that it's actually fine. That was
2: really powerful. I really felt that. Like I felt that to my core. I'm touching my heart right now because I've, I felt yeah. that between my heart and my belly button where my gut wisdom usually goes, pay attention to that. That's important. <laughs> I'm taking that nugget. Thank you.
3: Yeah, I bet.
0: Yeah, that really resonates with me. I, I was actually going to say the same thing, you know, the importance of... of breath, the importance of those breathing exercises um, <clears throat> is something that I'm learning more recently. Um, not as a result of a panic attack, but just more as a as a way to get more inside myself. So um, this idea of impermanence and emotional roller coaster is not something that <clears throat> massively affects me on a day-to-day basis. I'm glad to say not anymore. And uh, so uh, in terms of thinking about something for the listeners, maybe go back to what we said earlier about recognizing where you've already come. Mm. you know, instead of focusing, yes, it's good to focus on the present. don't allow yourself to go into the, into the future and the anxieties associated with that, but also reflect like you said, Elise about all the different times where you've been through things that are probably far far worse than what you're experiencing now and also like i said before find that release find that opportunity to share you know whether it's vulnerable whether it's trust whether it's just you and a piece of paper on your own it doesn't matter as long as you are opening the cage as you described it earlier so the more time you give something in isolation the greater it's control and effect on your mind, your mindset, your behaviors, your um, activity, your interpersonal relationships, all these things are affected by this one thing. And yes, it might be scary to admit, especially, you know, if you're in a leader or if you're you're in a certain Mm -hmm. position and you don't feel like you have that opportunity to be vulnerable. That's the moment when I would uh, urge you to at the most, the most you need to do is that, that when you're in that situation, you need to step into that position of the vulnerability and share everything that's going on. And as soon as you do it, you, you, you you don't have to wait for the other person to tell you, you don't have to read it on the piece of paper. You can hear it, you know, suddenly it's gone from being all encompassing to, oh, it's like, it's gone.
2: Amazing. Oh, this has been a wonderful, a wonderful conversation around a springboard of an idea of how do we stay in our emotions? How can we regulate them and just be able to be within ourselves and learn from ourselves um, so that tomorrow is better, tomorrow we are better, which means the people around us will be better. and, And that's really a great way to ripple impact. So for our audience who wants to get more of Elise Kraft and Ray Hildebrandt, I know that they can catch you on LinkedIn. Sure. How else can they get in touch with you?
3: They can get it at uh, leasecraft.com and it's EliseCraft on Instagram and always here on LinkedIn, of
2: course. Amazing. We will put that in the show notes as well. And Ray, how about you?
1: I think LinkedIn is the best. I just reach out. I'm always on LinkedIn following good business and, and uh, good fellowship. So please reach out. You might even get a voicemail if you connect.
2: Oh yeah, those are the best. So, at the end of our show, we like to do a rapid fire Q&A. And this rapid fire Q&A is 10 statements with two choices. Now we're gonna do ladies first, so when I ask the question, Elise, you answer first, and then Ray, you're up after, okay? okay? Are you ready? Sure. Manager or leader? Leader. Leader. Active or reactive?
3: Reactive active black and white or gray black and white
1: gray 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 gray
3: (laughs) optimist or realist optimist
1: optimist
2: this is question five canada or england
3: canada
1: oh i'm going usa because i can never go for the euros in the ryder (laughs) cup never
3: heart or head Oh, heart.
1: I'm going heart.
2: Empathy or assertiveness? Empathy.
1: Empathy, all the way.
2: Introvert or extrovert?
3: Introvert.
1: I'm going introvert too.
2: Logical or emotional?
3: Logical.
1: I'm an emotional being.
2: (laughs) Yes, you are my friend. (laughs) And number 10, last but not least, innovation or process?
3: Uh, process
1: innovation.
2: Thank you so much for being here. Yeah. Thank you. Thank
0: you. Thank you, Thank you guys. Thank you, everyone. Thank you, Teresa, for uh, facilitating in such an expert fashion.
2: The best way for us to find out if we are giving you, our listener, the value of your time. By helping you think differently so you can do differently is if you write a review and give a rating on whatever podcast platform you're listening to us on.